Welcome to today's podcast. Um, it's a solo episode. And I wanted to jump in and talk about this topic of procrastination and getting clarity and about time. Um, in my class, The Wholehearted Artist, I asked the question, if time was a person, what kind of relationship do you have with time? And it was really funny to watch everyone's faces cringe at the thought of having a relationship with time. And so I want to tell you the imagery that came to mind when I asked myself that question. And I just imagine I was sitting in a therapist's office with this person called time. And I felt like time said, you don't spend, uh, you don't spend enough time with me, <laughs> which is bizarre. And you don't really value me. And my takeaway from that was to be a bit more conscious and valuing my time. And so sometimes I am too easygoing with my time and actually need to be more conscious of what I'm spending time on. And so that was a little feedback moment, but it was really fun to hear my students' responses. And some of them um, really found listening to time like one person was like it's like a authoritarian that I just want to wring their neck and I just feel so mad at them and I feel like I don't have a voice and they're just in charge and then someone else said I feel like time is a bully who's bullying me and I and they use the image of like I feel like I'm wrapped around this time's finger and then another person said it's like having an older brother that's like did you do that thing oh, don't forget this. Did you do that? Did you do that? Did you do that? Did you do that? Like that frustrating, nagging thought. Um, and then someone else was like, I feel codependent with time. Like I need time to validate me as a person or to say that I'm good enough or say that I stewarded something wisely. And I would encourage you as you're listening to to that today is like, what is, if time was a person, what kind of relationship do you have and I've even asked clients this and a client once said, I feel like time is so far ahead of me. It doesn't want to slow down to like catch up to my pace. And I feel like I'm never reaching to where time wants me to be. And I think these illustrations are ones that maybe all of us can kind of connect with in some sort of way. And I think that society has given us a lot of time pressure. There's a lot of urgency around time. And then a lot of shame, like we're not stewarding our time well enough or time is running out or we regret the time that we spent. There's a lot of pain connected to time. So my heart for you guys is to start to rebuild a relationship with time. Like if you had a falling out with someone and they wanted to repair, like there's a repair process you would go through with that. And just like with time, it's a it's takes time to actually repair your relationship and really reframe it so you don't feel like you like this servant master relationship with time where you are serving time rather than and you can you can actually build your life where you are a master over time and time serves you and even reframing of like time can be on my side and look at all the societal pressures that you've taken away from that this mindset that time is running out and scarcity and there's some reality connected to that because it's kind of true but I think that there's a new way of approaching how we connect with time 
and from a place of abundance and from a place of empowerment. So I just want to leave that with you. Obviously, it's not you're not going to all of a sudden feel inspired and know what you're going to do about time. But I think there's a way that we cannot feel at the mercy of time. And I think even just being a woman, really, like you can feel like aging, um, you know, the clock is ticking biologically, like there's a lot of pressure around time. And I just don't think that pressure is necessarily serving us. I think there's two types of pressure. There's the pressure that causes you to sabotage and live in torment. And then the pressure that's actually like good. So pressure in a, in a tire on your car is good. Just like having a deadline for something or reaching a goal, like that's a good thing. But if it's under this like tormenting kind of space, like that's actually not going to serve you for longevity and in fulfillment of life. And um, yeah, so look at your relationship with time. I think I when I think of procrastination, I think sometimes it's it's not so much that you're lazy. It's actually that you might not have vision or clarity. And sometimes when I'm working with clients, they're looking for a way to gain clarity. But in order to gain clarity, you actually need to look at what you're afraid of. What are you afraid of? Like if you had clarity about something, what do you actually need to face in order to get that? So if you felt sometimes it's like when you finally realize, like if I'm meeting with someone and they're not sure if they are meant to be in a relationship, it's a really hard, like it's way safer to be in denial, like in some ways around how you feel about something. And so getting clear means you have to really rumble through your fears and look at your worst case scenarios. And there can often be resistance around gaining clarity because sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice, like we don't have a choice at something or something is um, kind of put on us. And I think when we look at clarity, we have to go back to a previous episode I did on living in alignment. You have to actually look at what living in alignment is and what your capacity is as a human. We don't have limitless capacity, but sometimes we're saying a lot of yeses where we need to say some no's. And um, some of us don't have clarity around something because we feel like we should be doing something. But if we were to connect to our authenticity and our own voice and like what we want in life, we feel like, no, that actually was put on me. And so part of gaining clarity is really looking deeper into your subconscious at the reason why there's resistance around getting clear because getting clear is actually means we have to face some things which can take a lot of courage I think the one thing that I've learned about clarity is you I am less susceptible to comparison when I am clear so when I have vision and I'm clear about who I am and who I'm not it's really like I feel like my comparison to other people becomes less and less because I really know my lane and I'm not trying to jump into someone else's lane and wishing I had a different life because I've really worked hard at getting clear about who Ella is. So when looking at clarity, it's really important to start ruthlessly going, what is a hard yes and what is a hard no? And when I I really settled into that, coming back from Australia of like I have to say because I have such a clear vision 
and um, of what being in alignment looks like. And so I had to really get brave to say my hard no's and my hard yeses, which had to kill that people-pleasing thing in me. And it had to kill the me sitting in the discomfort of really disappointing people. And that was really challenging. So in summary, once we get clear about some things, there's like some sort of portal opens up and we start getting light bulb moments or pings and we can start really following our intuition and start really getting um, momentum in our life. And um, I think that's really the fun side of it. In looking at behavioral change from a scientific um, standpoint, we would distill it down to four steps. Step one is start with raised awareness and look at your block. Unblock your subconscious where you're not aware, like the place where you're not aware of things to being aware. You would have heard a few people on my podcast they kind of talk a lot about their denial bubble being burst. We all have a di- – well, I have yet to met someone that doesn't have a denial bubble, myself included. Step two is focused attention. So look at look out for the thing that you do in autopilot and start choosing to behave differently. So if you notice at 3 o'clock you're always reaching for the bag of chips, probably I'm talking about myself um, – do something different, maybe have a boiled egg. (laughs) So, and then number three is do a deliberate practice. So you're overriding your neural pathways with new way of thinking and you're leaving the old believing and thoughts behind. And four is getting accountability, invite people into your process. And I think the best thing I've done about procrastination, it's a lot of the time been about emotions in my stuck places emotionally. When I worked with counselors and coaches, they were really able to help me move through that, which actually cleared up all this energy and I had way more margin to um, be able to get out of that stuck procrastination place. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and feel free to reach out for coaching. Go to my website, www.ella-hooper.com.